You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We're grateful that you're here with us this morning. This is Doreen Canelli, and I'm here with my husband, Jack, and we're your hosts this morning. Did you know that you can listen to Real Presence Live in any of the daily programs you hear on RPR by way of our app? Simply go to the App Store on your phone and search for Real Presence Radio. Once downloaded, Real Presence Radio is accessible anywhere, anytime. So if you don't have the RPR app yet, go to your app store now and download it as you listen to our next interview. And we have a very timely guest with us today. We have Don Kinsler, who is an extension agent for Cass County Horticulture, NDSU. He's on the phone with us, and uh, we're happy to have you. Welcome, Don. And uh, Don will be talking about the surprising health benefits of gardening and gardening, and I know I'm I'm such an avid gardener that every spring at this time I get so excited I wet my plants. <laughs> okay, where's the laugh? Where's the laugh track on that one? No. Well, I'll, I'll I'll laugh for you. Good morning, everybody. Yes. It's great to be here. Thank you, Don. Don admitted beforehand though when I ran that one past him, he'd heard it more than twice. But Don, go ahead, take over. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, wonderful. Spring day. Now, I got chilly overnight, and we can talk about that in a minute. But, you know, I've enjoyed gardening my whole life. I was born and raised in Lisbon, North Dakota, about 75 miles south and west of Fargo. And I enjoyed gardening, uh, gosh, from about the time I was five years old, um, gardening with my parents. Uh, I liked it so much. I went to NDSU in horticulture, and then after that, I worked with NDSU for about five years. And then uh, my wife Mary and I had a chance to operate a garden center in South Fargo, south edge of Fargo, which we did for about 25 years. And then uh, after the garden center closed, um, we uh, I began writing for the Forum newspaper, writing their garden column, and uh, which I still continue doing. And then a position opened up uh, at NDSU uh, for Cass County Extension in horticulture. And so that is what I'm doing now, in addition to writing the garden column as part of that. So it's been a, I've enjoyed gardening uh, my whole life, a wonderful pastime. And it's it, it's a great topic. I know when I was in the Rotary Club a number of years ago, when we would have somebody from uh, NDSU, uh, uh, Ag Extension or Horticulture, it was always one of the uh, better attended meetings, and the questions would just keep going and going and going. And so it's it's a topic that a lot of people have a lot of interest in, and that's why we're so happy to have you with us. You know, one of the fun things about gardening or horticulture plants is that there's really something for everyone. Uh, there's house plants, there's lawn care, uh, there's growing vegetables, growing fruit trees, flower gardening. Uh, and so there's a little something for everybody, even people who live in apartments. Uh, there's houseplants. Maybe you've got a patio and can do container gardening. So there's a little something for everybody. So that's why gardening is actually America's most popular uh, pastime that involves more people than every, any other uh, pastime. You know, when you consider houseplants, it's easy to understand why, because lots of people have at least a houseplant or two. So now it's interesting. Um, I, I love 
the region that we're in. Now, if you've ever uh, read any of the garden columns, I never use the terms harsh climate. You know, uh, we live in a severe climate. I never use that because we live in a wonderful area in which to be gardening. Uh, but we, we need to work with our climate. And now this has been very evident in these last uh, few days. We're going to have freezing temperatures. But um, year in, year out, working with our climate, there's a 10-day window in which it's best to garden. You know, if each year, you know, if you're wondering, is it safe to plant? Well, there's a 10-day wonderful gardening window, year in, year out, and that's May 15th to the 25th. If we were going to do all our gardening, vegetables, plant flowers outdoors, May 15th to 25th is really a good time. By that time, uh, the soil is getting warmer. Chance of frost is much less. So uh, we work with the climate. So rather than kind of trying to get a, a, a too early head start in early May, we oftentimes have these. Uh, so the cold spell that we're in is totally normal. Uh, but so that's the reason we kind of work with our climate, and then things really uh, do beautifully. It's so good to know that. Thank you for sharing that, Don. Yeah, I never you know, knew. I, I never knew when to get started. Now I got a hard well, date. You know, <laughs> I, I learned that, you know, and we can learn so much from gardening with old experienced gardeners. I learned that from my mom. Uh, my mm-hmm. mom, uh, when she was a young housewife, uh, just kind of experiencing gardening for the first time. It was a she always said this until she passed away at the age of 94. We always heard this, this story, but it impressed me because uh, it's true. Uh, she said in the, uh, when she was a young housewife, we had a wonderful, beautiful April. Uh, it was probably in the, I don't know, late 40s or 50s. A beautiful April. It was warm. She planted her entire garden, uh, grew up, started growing beautifully. Well, guess what? In early May, everything froze. Oh. <laughs> she had to start all over. So that impressed upon her, and that's why a lot of the old-timers say, wait until Memorial Day to plant your stuff outside. Uh, You know, we we can go a little ahead of that, because Memorial Day towards the end of May, depending on, used to be, what, May 30th or 31st every year until Mm -hmm. we moved it to a Monday holiday. But anyway, the point of that being, wait until the soil warms up, wait until the chance of frost are less. That's why May 15th to 25th. That's our kind of sweet spot of gardening in our area. Is it true of transplanting too, Don? Absolutely. Um, now, there are, you can, if, if you want to do some things early in, say, the vegetable gardening, there are some crops called cool season crops that can tolerate frost. Uh, so you could plant out onions, uh, potatoes could go in early, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, uh, radishes could be seeded, peas. Uh, spinach, lettuce, as I mentioned, um, all of those can tolerate some frost. So if you want to get the itch and do some gardening in even late April, early May, those are the things. The other category of vegetables, uh, and we could include annual flowers in this too, are called warm season crops. Uh, tomatoes, peppers, squash, cucumbers, um, and then add the bedding plants that you buy from the greenhouse. Those are all tender and just a little bit close to 32, and they'll die. So we need to wait, especially with the warm season crops, until the May 15th to 25th period. Okay, sounds good. For those of you who have just tuned in, you're listening to Real Presence Live this morning, and uh, 
I am Jack Canelli, your host, along with my wife, Doreen, and we're speaking with uh, Don Kinsler, who's an extension agent for Cass County and uh, at, at North Dakota State University. And uh, we're, we're happy to have Don here to, to uh, let us know what we should be doing, when we should be doing it, and how we should be doing it. Um, you know, what tips do you have right now, Don, though, for those, uh, since we're still ahead of the time for planning starting on May yeah, 15th? So, uh, you're right, yep. Uh, so wait until kind of May 15th to the 25th to be putting tomatoes and things out into the garden or to do anything that a person buys from a greenhouse is really tender because it's used to warm temperatures. And if anything has been planted out already on the next four or so cold nights, we'll need to cover that. So cover at night, uncover during the day. I might mention also the the uh, very um, the high interest in vegetable gardening now because we are in the midst of because of the pandemic, we are in the midst of people planting victory gardens or going to plant victory gardens. Now the vic- victory gardens were movements uh, in World War One and World War Two uh, in which everybody pitched in and planted gardens to help supplement the fresh food supply. And during those wars, uh, people's home gardens uh, added greatly to the food supply. And we're in that process again. You're hearing the term victory gardens. There's some good reasons for growing some vegetables in your your yard. Uh, It saves money. Uh, The vegetables are there when you want them and need them. Uh, You know how they've been grown. You know uh, what's been put on them or not been put on. Uh, And even people with a small yard, there are small spaces. Gardens. You could do a raised garden um, uh, or even gardening in containers for a patio or a balcony. Uh, and one thing uh, to check, um, if you don't have much space, there's been a movement over the last 10 years or so called square foot gardening. And you can do an Internet search, square foot gardening. It's a way to, in a fairly small space, to get a lot of production. And uh, square foot gardening, it's a national movement. It kind of tells you how many plants to put in a square foot for best production, and that is very, very uh, popular and a good way. So we are in the midst of kind of a, a historic victory garden movement again. I love that. It And it also enables us to give to others, too, from the fruits of our gardens. Um, Don, oh, 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 mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, yeah, you know, we were going to mention the health benefits, too, in addition to fresh food that a person can uh, get from your garden. Other health benefits, you know, gardening is good exercise. You know, you're out in the fresh air. You know, it is literally excellent exercise. You're bending, you're stooping, you're getting down, you're getting up. Uh, I, I always lose weight when the gardening season comes, so it is good exercise. The other thing that's a health benefit, it's quiet. You know, uh, we don't have the radio going usually. We, you know, we, we, we're unplugged from everything, so the quiet is healthy. Now, it's interesting, too. Uh, there's a lot of studies been done about the health benefits of having plants around you. For example, in hospitals, if a hospital has a room with a view, and they, there's lots of research that did this scientifically, if a hospital has a room with a view that looks over well landscapes, those patients, and they studied gallbladder patients, you know, with a good view and without a good view, so it was a controlled study. But anyway, if you have a good view out of your hospital room, patients were less likely to need more pain meds. They were happier. They had less complaints about the hospital staff, and et cetera. And also, um, apartment buildings that are well-landscaped uh, 
technically, uh, not technically, uh, research-wise have less, like vandalism, less problems. So good reasons to be gardening and planting. I think there's also some a study that was done about people that survived concentration camps, those that engaged in gardening afterwards recovered more quickly than, you know, um, from the emotional trauma than those that did not garden. Absolutely. And uh, like even offices, offices that have plants have been shown uh, the, the office workers have uh, lower blood pressures than offices without plants. I really like the exercise aspect of it because I'm 70 years old and I think I can qualify gardening as a vigorous exercise now, so I don't have to bother going to the Y as much. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I remember as my mom aged in her gardens, Dad made her kind of one of these little step stools to take out into the garden, and I remember being young thinking, gosh, you know, that's never going to happen to me. But, you know, now a kind of a step stool, you know, one of these push-up type things, to help you get up when you've been kneeling down. You know, now that doesn't seem like such a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> really? You know, so even as we age, there are ways to garden. Yeah, I've got some knee pads that uh, I, you know, use for, um, you know, construction-type work. Not that I do construction-type work, but that's who usually buys these guys. And they're very good for me for kneeling on the ground. They really help me a lot. Uh, changing... Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. Yes, go ahead, Doreen. I just wanted to ask... Um, with the Red River Valley clay that we deal with in our gardens, is there any way that, you know, what do you recommend for making it, um, you know, uh, a better soil for gardening? Yeah, absolutely. The Red River Valley has heavy, heavy clay soil. And um, now the, the antidote for heavy clay soil, which is also the antidote if you have a really light sandy soil that won't hold water, is organic material. Oh. Organic material. Now, that includes uh, peat moss, compost, uh, baked manures, uh, leaf mold, uh, even grass clippings if they haven't been sprayed with uh, herbicides. The, uh, organic materials like that added to the soil. And when you try to improve the soil, either a vegetable garden or flower garden, uh, it takes about a three-inch layer of that material worked down in to have some effect. Uh, now, each fall is a good time if you apply a three-inch layer, work it down into the surface as you can, and then over winter it kind of mellows and works itself in. And in the spring here, too, we can add. So organic material is, is the way. Uh, sand, adding sand to clay doesn't work. Uh, kind of sounds like it might, but sand plus, sand plus clay is what they make bricks out of. <laughs> so, so, that, so that doesn't work so well in our garden. So the organic material, you know, peat moss, uh, uh, compost, uh, you know. So I, in fact, in the fall of the year, I've even been known to go to these, um, you know, yard waste drop-off sites where everybody's dumping their leaves, you know, up in mm-hmm. these. I actually go and bring, I don't, I don't dump leaves in, I take leaves out back to our own garden. So, oh, thank so you. I'm... Uh, so boy, that it's a wonderful resource. Uh, you know, leaves um, have a is, leaves are a wonderful thing to incorporate back into our soil. I bet you get some strange looks at the uh, the, the dump off site. <laughs> well, I try to go when others are not yeah. dumping it off. I suppose I could just say, "Oh, would you mind you know putting those bags of leaves directly in the, my yeah. my trunk?" But well, yeah. <laughs> we've got a, in a, in, we have about a minute left, and I want to. Uh, Let's put a little religious element into this since we are a Catholic radio. You used the term victory garden earlier, and in uh, in the Catholic world we hear the term merry garden. 
Do you want to explain what those are? Yes, absolutely. Now, a merry garden is oftentimes a an area, um, it could be corner of the yard, etc., that is, um, and usually a person needs to establish some shrubbery uh, behind. So a merry garden is basically plants in which you would feature a statue of Mary, um, and so a shrubbery kind of put, uh, like in the background to provide some like privacy and screening, uh, some definition, and then oftentimes flowering perennials or annuals around the front creates a very nice, peaceful setting in which to locate a statue of Mary. Okay. Don, thank you so much for being with us this morning and well, for your wisdom. It's been great wisdom. to be here. Yes, we hope to have you on again sometime and Please you can do. share more of your wisdom. All right. Okay. Up next. Have a, have a great day, everyone. Thank you, and wish a happy Mother's Day to your wife for us, too. <laughs> I will do so. Thanks. Thanks. Up next, find out who gets the donuts this week during our Honor Our Fathers segment. And later, we'll pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, bringing all of your intentions to our Lord and His merciful love. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.